Welcome to the all-new Changing Worldviews podcast with Sharon Hughes, broadcast journalism you can trust to bring you the truth regarding the issues of our day and the worldviews behind them, politically, culturally, and religiously. For such a time as this. Freeing the minds of the brainwashed masses. Now, here's Sharon. Thanks for tuning in today on the show. As we are still learning about the depth of the viciousness, the cruelty of the Hamas attack on Saturday, children burned, soldiers beheaded, women raped and murdered. Israel has answered, raining missiles down on Gaza and promising a punishing ground invasion. War rages, and so many will die before the fury in the Middle East is sated. Here are the latest numbers. At least 1,200 killed in Israel. That includes 22 Americans. 17 Americans still listed as missing. They apparently, with written messages, no phone calls, they designed it to be low-tech invasion so that the, the gliders that came in were below surveillance. The gliders came in and took out the observation posts first. Israel Prime Minister today spoke by phone with President Biden the full horror of Saturday only now coming into grim focus. It's only gotten worse. They they took dozens of children, bound them up, burned them, and executed them. They beheaded soldiers. Ladies and gentlemen, obviously you know what is going on. Israel is at war as a result of the attacks by Hamas. Uh, So many already have been killed as of this recording. 2,000 Israelis killed, 22 Americans, and who knows how many taken hostage. It is just horrific. There are those that are blaming Israel. We saw a rally in New York City, pro-Palestinians, and they said that Israel deserved this. It's just shocking what is happening. Babies being beheaded, toddlers kidnapped and held in cages, women being raped and dragged through the streets, families burned together in their homes, uh, older Jews shot down in the streets, and uh, that 85-year-old Holocaust survivor being kidnapped and carted off. I can't get that out of my mind, out of my head. I'm grieved. We are all grieved with the horrific, barbaric treatment of human beings and especially Jews. And to that end, I have invited our friend Miles Weiss to come on and help us to work through the fog of this war, to think clearly about it. I'm talking about our good friend Miles Weiss. He and his wife Catherine have been involved in ministry for decades now here in America, around the world, in Russia, in the Holy Land, bringing a message of hope and destiny for individuals and couples, reconciliation between Jews and Arabs, former host of Zola Levitt Television. Miles has his own podcast, To Life, Hope Behind the Headlines. He's got tremendous background, experiential knowledge as a pastor, as a advocate with many organizations for Israel. I could go on and on. And Miles, maybe you would like to fill our listeners in that don't know you a little bit more what you're currently doing. But thank you for coming on and taking time. I know you 
are busy talking with people all across the world, what's happening in Israel, but thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Sharon. I so appreciate you. We've worked together for many years on and off, and it's always a privilege to be with you because you held the line, even here in the heart of darkness, that is San Francisco Bay Area. You have been a voice for right thinking for a very long time, and I'm just grateful for our friendship over the years. You know, my day job, I'm a marriage and family therapist, so as a psychotherapist, or as my kids said when, I, when they were in high school, a psychotherapist, uh, they, <laughs> the... the uh, the idea of reconciliation, of restoration, of healing, of renewal, of the, the best of the best, the hope of the hope, which is, of course, Yeshua, Jesus, has always been at the forefront of what Catherine and I do around the world and, and here at home. But I, And I want to give a disclaimer. I'm speaking to you, your wider audience. I'm speaking to you from the other Golden Gate, San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge, not the Golden Gate, which is Messiah's Gate in Jerusalem. And it's very hard to be here and only be talking when I wish I could be doing more. But what we are doing is raising money for the IDF, raising money for people who have their kids in the IDF. And we are in prayer daily with people over in Israel. And my podcast, To Life, The Hope Behind the Headlines, I'm having Israelis come on and just voices that are coming from the land because I think that it's important to not go to Israel and preach their Sunday school messages, but go there and meet the living body and learn from them. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. been our, our approach forever. With that background, I just want to tell you a couple of quotes and, and let you know where they come from, because the idea that there can be peace, which I believe is only found in Yeshua, only found in Jesus, but I know personally Arab believers, former Muslim believers, and Jewish believers who live together, work together, and can live together in peace. And I believe it's possible even for secular people, because essentially Jews and Arabs are very similar in that they, apart from indoctrination, they would just like to live in peace, raise their families, find success, and have a good life. And that goes for the Jews and for the Arabs. I remember when I used to travel with an ex-PLO terrorist from a Jew for Jesus and a born-again Christian who worked for Arafat. he said, Mr. Miles, the only occupation in the Middle East, the occupation of young Arab minds. And mm-hmm. that never went away from me. I had a podcast a few months ago with Itamar Marcus, the founder of the Palestinian Media Watch. He's a real worldwide figure, known mostly only in Israel, but he travels the world as an advocate for Israel. And he's got a group of 20 to 30 young people that interpret Arabic media day and night for the sake of Israel and for the Western world interpreted to Hebrew and to English, and he's been tracking what's said behind the scenes in Arabic for many, many years. When I told him that quote, that it's the occupation of young Arab minds, it was like the phone lit up. He was in Jerusalem, I was here. But it was like the phone lit up, and wow, I'm going to use that because the indoctrination of children at four and five years old to be a shahid, to be a murderer for the sake of Allah, is so extant in the West Bank, so-called, which is Judea and Samaria. It's the biblical heartland, not a West Bank of anything. And in, of course, in with Hezbollah in the north and Hamas in the south and others throughout the region, they're training children using Mickey Mouse puppets and knives to kill Jews at four years old, mm-hmm. five years old. Mm-hmm. That has been happening for decades. Dad, we fund it. But I want to tell you, take you back a century or so, and here's some quotes that will give you an idea of where we've fallen from and what could be happening. This goes back uh, quite a ways. Listen to this one. Who can challenge the rights of the Jews in Palestine? Good Lord, historically, it is really your country. One would think that was some Western maven, like a a, a diplomat somewhere, but no, no, no. That was the Arab mayor of Jerusalem, 1899. Wow. Here's another one. It is indeed not the birth of a nation, for the Jewish nation, through centuries of oppression and captivity, have preserved their sentiment of nationality, 
as few people's good. It is the rebirth of a nation. That was Lord Robert Cecil, British lawyer, member of parliament, and diplomat in 1918. Wow. There's two more here. We Arabs, especially the educated among us, look with deepest sympathy on the Zionist movement. We all wish the Jews a hearty welcome home. Our two movements complement one another. That's Amir Faisal, a leader in the Arab world in 1919. And finally, wow. a familiar figure. It is manifestly right that the scattered Jews should have a national home and be reunited. Where else but in Palestine, with which for 3,000 years they have been intimately and profoundly associated. Winston Churchill in 1921. So, wow. said that to say there was a day, <laughs> and it's possible there still could be a day, when the world would recognize that the Jewish people, having been persecuted, exiled, and victims of genocide throughout the centuries, really do need a home. And if you look at a map of the Middle East, I have a great slide. It's a picture of this teeny, teeny, tiny, tiny little New Jersey, Israel in the middle, and it has the multiple millions and millions of square miles of territory run by Muslims around it. And its caption is, end the unjust occupation of Muslim lands. <laughs> <laughs> And if it wasn't wow. so crazy sad, it would make you laugh. But the idea of land for peace is absurd because every yeah. time in Gaza, for example, in 2005, Catherine and I were invited by Rosemary Schindler to what turned out to be a high-level meeting. It was one of my Forrest Gump moments. I have no idea how I got there, but there I was. And we were in a, in a conference room in D.C. in Gary Bauer's office, attended by all these high-end Jews and Christian leaders from America and from Israel. And the question was, this is spring of 2005, the question was, how can we get a message to George Bush and to Ariel Sharon to not evacuate Gaza, to not forcibly rip out 10,000 Jews, disperse them through Israel, and give Gaza to the Arab people? Why? Because we knew what would happen. We knew that it would become, as someone called it, Hamastan. It would become mm -hmm. a center for terror. And it was known by those who had any discernment, both whether politically or spiritually, and we happened to be in on that meeting. And they eventually gave books to Ariel and, and George, but it was too late because by then Ariel forcibly ripped out and died. I'm not going to pass judgment on any of that. I don't understand it. I leave that to the Lord. But this is what I do know, is that as soon as Gaza was given to the people who would, within a year, elect Hamas, the people voluntarily, I assume, elected Hamas, and Hamas has been in charge with no further election since 2006. So for 10 wow. years, they've been able to fortify this infrastructure, this anti-Semitic, anti-Zionist, anti-Jew infrastructure. And the first thing they did when they took over, when they, it was a garden place. They were exporting were greenhouses. They were exporting fruits, flowers, and vegetables to Europe, to Canada, to all over the world. It was a brilliant enterprise in the hands of the Jewish people. And it was given over, and immediately the uh, greenhouses were torn down. The tubing that the greenhouses were using for water were turned into rocket launchers. The gravestones of the Jews were overturned and used for latrines. The synagogues were burned to the ground. So that was their, what could have been, what could be an incredible, you know, they could have had the, the Hyatt come in and Marriott come in. They could have had an incredible resort. This is seafront property. It could have been yeah. the most beautiful resort in the world. 
And prosperity could have come to the Arab peoples, but instead, because of the hatred that is fomented by orthodoxy in Islam, I, I love my backslidden and nominal Muslim friends, and I love those that have come to Jesus, but the fact is that I'm afraid of those that are orthodox, because what they are, if they follow the Quran exactly, and you know this from sitting with uh, William Wagner from the Golden Gate Seminary, he wrote the book 30 years ago that changed my life, How Islam Plans to Change the World. And yeah. and he that he got that serving in the Middle East. So the Baptist guy got came back believing in signs and wonders. They immediately turned this into a terror base. And what are you going to do? Israel has consistently waited for the next round of rockets, and then they respond. Waited again and respond. Waited again and respond. But this is a whole other level. This is exposing the savagery of this particular way of thinking. And that knows no bounds. And that's what we're seeing yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, and I'm thinking about our friend, the late Carol Matriciana and her books and award-winning films about the new barbarians. And we were talking about that right after 9-11. And, and here we're seeing it in plain sight. Things that, I mean, we know what happened in 9-11. That was horrific, but we did not experience what Israel's experiencing now with capturing babies and beheading them and so forth. And we know that Hamas is not about making sure that the Palestinian people are taken care of. That is not their motive. Their motive is to destroy Israel. And Iran is behind that. Uh, as the Wall Street Journal reported, Iran has funded this. And why? Well, they felt they could because the U.S. administration currently has been very weak on Middle East issues. I mean, we saw uh, just a couple of days ago, Iran just celebrating people in Iran with fireworks and everything, celebrating the, the attack. And right here in New York City, a rally for the Palestinians. And Jesse Waters had, uh, you know, man on the street. And I was shocked at some of these Americans that said Israel got what they deserved. Uh, it's just... Um, Horrifying. I mean, it, it, it's almost like deja vu here in America when 9-11 happened. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have to take a short break. I also want to ask Miles about where all this might fit into Bible prophecy. So stay with me. We'll be right back. You're listening to Changing Worldviews with Sharon Hughes. Hi, my name is Leona. I'm from Templeton, Massachusetts. I've been bothered with heartburn for quite a while, and I didn't know what to do, so I researched LOA Pect, and from day one, I, I've been on it for like three months now. I haven't had one heartburn, and it's helped me a lot. I will keep on using it for a long time. And if you go to Apex Health, A-P-E-X, health.life, slash Sharon, you can order your first bottle or bottles at the special price. Call 833-334-5433. Again, 833-334-5433. Using the promo code Sharon Special. I remember a kid in Bosnia that didn't have a coat, and it was wintertime, and we were in a school, and the windows were blown out, and it was cold. His box had a coat in it. It's child to child. It's person to person. It's church to church. It's a simple project. Churches love it because this is a tremendous opportunity for evangelism. And we ask families, as you pack a box, put that box in the middle of your living room and pray. Delivering millions of shoeboxes every year is not an easy task. How do you distribute a million anything? We've done it by plane, by boat. Camels. 
donkeys. Helicopters, and then see them just up on people's heads. Canoes, riverboats. And so the churches are giving the boxes, and we're distributing them through the churches. So that whenever those boxes arrive, trust me, it is Christmas for the kids when those boxes arrive. This is Christmas! This is the first time they have got the gifts ever in their lifetime. We need more churches, more individuals, more volunteers. I want the children of the world to know. I want their parents to know that God loves them. He hasn't turned his back on them. He cares for them, and he wants them to be with him in heaven. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. Samaritan's Purse, Operation Christmas Child, it's about evangelism. You're listening to Sharon Hughes, a conservative Christian talk show host from California. You bet. Thank you, everyone, for staying with us. My guest today is Miles Weiss, Middle East expert and Messianic pastor that has worked for decades for the reconciliation between Arab and Jew. And he's here with us today to give insight on what's going on right now as Israel is at war because of the horrific attacks and barbaric acts of Hamas and their allies. No, I don't, I don't even know where this is headed. I mean, I think about Jesus talking in Matthew 24 about uh, if you're in Judea and these things happen, flee and woe to those who are with child. Uh, I don't know if this is that, but I was looking at the map and the Gaza is on the shore, but then I saw today where they have infiltrated further into uh, Israeli territory and it looked like it was pointing right at Judea. So I don't know. I mean, we can talk more about Bible prophecy, but every Everybody, especially those of us that care about prophecy, are wondering, is this World War III, as Zerv Baxter talked about? Are we headed into World War III? At least. It's just as COVID was a rehearsal for global lockdown and global centralized power, the one world economy, the one world religion, one world government that the Bible predicts. So I don't know, you know, about this right now in Israel, whether this is it, quote unquote, or this is a rehearsal for what's next. But we are seeing the manifestation of Psalm 83, which I believe was beginning to be fulfilled in full in 1948, because the Psalm 83 is a psalm that names the Arab countries surrounding by their ancient names. They now have newer names, but it talks about them conspiring together to wipe Israel off the map, to let the name of Israel be remembered no more, and the God of Israel be remembered no more. And so the Arab wars of the last 75 years, at least, goes back further than that. There's that, and then there's also this aligning of the nations of China, Russia, Iran, Turkey, which looks a lot like Ezekiel 38. And so we're definitely closer to something than we have been before. That's all I can say, because I believe Jesus when he said, no man knows the hour or the day, not even the sun, only the Father in heaven. So I, I, I'm just trying to read the times and the seasons. But before we even get to the biblical prophecy, we have to call this what it is, which is, you know, the, the word anti-Semitism is bandied about. It was actually invented in the 19th century by Wilhelm Marr, a Jew hater in Germany. He wanted to invest the prejudice with the spurious characteristic of race in order to appeal to a society that increasingly was defining itself in scientific terms and Darwinian theory. So he invented anti-Semitism, but it's Jew hatred. There's, there's yeah. no such thing. You know, it's, it's like Martin Luther King, bless his heart, he said, make no mistake, anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism. He got it. He understood that this is not about land. It's not about occupation by European Jews in the Middle East. There's 9 million people in Israel. 2 million of those are Arabs. 
Arab citizens with full citizenship. They have full rights. They have full freedom of worship, freedom of speech. They serve in the in the courts. They serve in the government. They have a life. I remember when we were yeah. doing television, I, one time we had a, a Edwin driver, and if sweet as pie, Eunice, which is Jonah in, in Arabic, and he was, we had to stop the car five times a day so he could pray, which is fine. He would also make coffee, which was nice. But he <laughs> said to me, he pulled me aside one day, and he said, Mr. Miles, where your people rule, there is order. Where my people rule, there is chaos. Mm. And what Hamas and these other proxy groups of Iran, what they do is they purposely keep whatever aid is coming to them to put into weapons in their own pockets, and they keep it from the benefit of the people. So the oppression and the occupation is not by Israel, which is a teeny tiny little place, but it's by these groups that are oppressing the Arab people and making their lives miserable. That's why in the hotels, when when we're leading tours, which we do every year, when you're leading tours, the Arab worker will pull me aside and say, thank you. We're so glad to be able to be Israeli citizens. I mean, you know, that's, that you will never, ever hear that on the news. Speaking of the news, we just heard our president a few minutes ago. I, I delayed this. Thank you for doing that because I needed to hear what he was going to say. What he said was what I call in counseling, words, no music. The gap between action and heartfelt empathy and the words that were said, the, all the words were right. They were great words. They were exactly the words he was told to say. And so that's a great win. But the music doesn't match. It doesn't match because we're in Obama 3.0. This took wings with Obama. The State Department has hated the Jews forever. That's another podcast. But the Bible people in America stand with the Jewish people. The Bible people in America stand with with Israel. And that's why Netanyahu said many times our best friends in the world are evangelical Christians, by which he means Bible-believing people. So... I would say our only friends in the world. And and the government is not that way. And so when Biden comes out and says these words that sound like support, sound like we've got your back, but there's no teeth to it because he just gave $6 billion to Iran, who is sponsoring all of this, and goes yeah. back to Obama sending pallets of cash to Iran in addition to patty caking them on their development of nuclear weapons. So that policy is back in place. We had a four-year hiatus with Trump, God bless him, we had a four-year hiatus where everybody in the world was on notice. This guy could be crazy. We're not going to test him. And son of a gun, we had peace. There was the beginning of the Abraham, <laughs> Abraham Accords. He recognized Jerusalem. He recognized the Golan. He moved the embassy. He did all the stuff that is in alignment with biblical prophecy, whether he knew it or not, I don't know. But he did it in alignment with biblical prophecy. And now it's being totally unwound. And now with the threat to Iran of the Saudis making peace, with Israel as a next Abraham Accord, with that on the table, that is a game changer. And so what happened is the Saudis have backed off. They have backed down. They have been cowed. They've been backed down. They're not going to go against the Arab, the pan-Arab narrative, which is Israel needs to be destroyed. And so now every bad actor in the world is emboldened. Yeah, and that was probably the big goal here, too, because the Arab world was losing because of these Abraham Accords. I agree with you with Biden's speech. He said the words, but there were no details. We, we He kept saying, we stand with Israel. We'll make sure they get what they yep. need. But there was there was no meat to it. I, I couldn't write down what he said actually he was going to do. I did think one thing that was good is that here in the U.S., the police are stepping up and they're going to be protecting Jewish communities here and he talked about hostage recovery but no details so i didn't feel like i got anything out of there that i could really report that would be a substitute right exactly right that's what i mean by words no music but there was a major word missing you know what word was missing from the speech iran 
Iran was missing. He can't mention Iran because we, America leadership, has been in bed with and helping to foment these proxies of Iran in the Middle East and around the world by our policies. Mm -hmm. And so he can't allow that come out of the White House. I love my wife does this. She'll just look at the TV and say, you're lying. You know, pretty much <laughs> whatever comes out of the government, you can pretty much count on the opposite being true. You know, I saw a great t-shirt last week. It said, uh, I need a new conspiracy. All mine have come true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I was listening to uh, Tom Cotton this morning, and he was talking about the fact that, to your point, that the Biden administration doesn't want to deal with Iran, which is really Obama's plan. They don't want the Iranian deal to fail, so they're protecting that. But one thing he did point out, that there's been more than 80 attacks on American forces in the Middle East recently. So we don't hear about that. We don't hear about what's going on. Quite the opposite. Speaking of yelling at your television, Jake Sullivan, who works for Biden. They had a clip of him from last week saying, this is the most peaceful the Middle East has been in 20 years. We've had no attacks on Americans, and the city has never been more peaceful. We have a sterling track record of blah, blah, blah. And it's just like he, they're showing it now after Saturday morning when Hamas was released like a rabid dog off of a chain. Well, history, too, I, I was thinking about the fact that it really, since the founding of the nation of Israel, you know, when we've talked about this over the years, but Satan is behind all of this, right? We don't work in flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. And he's been wanting to wipe Israel off the map from the beginning. And we know that there was, as soon as Israel was established, was it the next day they got attacked? You know, so war after war and effort after effort. And I don't know if you want to speak to that at all. For sure. I mean, it, it starts in heaven with the fall of one third of the angels who opposed God. And so they're still opposing God, but they're now manifest in the spirit realm and they work through people. And so we have this battle that we first see in the garden where the, the lie goes to the humans and God promises a savior. He says that, that through you, through Eve, through the seed of the woman, one will come who will crush the head of the serpent and he will bruise his heel. That's the cross. You know, Yeshua paid a price that we'll never really understand. I'm hoping he explains it to us in heaven because I, I can't fathom the depth of what he did for me. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, you know, every day I have to remind myself to be grateful because the price that was paid. I mean, there's no way to do it. I tried every other way to get to God, I thought. It was only when I realized that if uh, philosophy and Buddhism and Hinduism, if that represents the highest man could reach, then Jesus represents the lowest God could kneel. Because this is a top-down yeah. job, and all we have to do is say yes. So I get that if this is a totally a spiritual battle. Sadly, we have to witness the manifestation of the playing out of the spiritual battle on earth and through innocent people. I mean, just uh, I had a, a friend from Beersheba on my podcast this morning. It'll probably drop tonight, and uh, he won't look at the videos. You know, and he's raised four sons who served in the IDF but he will not watch the videos. And I watched all of them on Ben Shapiro's because I have to know, and I'm, I'm far enough away from it where I, it, it, to me, it, it's, it, I hope yeah. that for the majority of Americans, they're seeing a clear distinction between dark and light. That's been, it's been growing post COVID with the scientific and actual science and real medicine and voices, even from unlikely sources, Joe Rogan, Bill Maher, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., whoever is this, this groundswell of awakening 
which I believe leads okay. to salvation. Once you start embracing truth, God will lead you to Jesus because he is truth. But mm-hmm. I'm happy to see this awakening going on in the U.S., and I promote it, and I believe in it, and I'm positive that there is a future and a hope for this country, but it's dependent on us loving what God loves. And what does God love? He's pro-life, he's pro-marriage, and he's pro-Israel. It's not that complicated. <laughs> and I understand all the vagaries, all of the, the subtleties and the nuances that come along with that and the discussions we have to have about everything, but he's pro-life. He's pro-marriage. He's pro-Israel. And when the yeah. church awakens and aligns with that, we'll prosper. And the, America has prospered because of our stance towards Israel. But it's been in tremendous decline and tremendous challenge over the last 20, 25 years. Yes. Well, we have to take another break. And Miles will continue with me on the other side. So stay with us. Lots more to cover. You're listening to Changing Worldviews with Sharon Hughes. For even more content, go to changingworldviews.com and sign up for our free email newsletter. Sharon will be right back after this. Well, we're having a fall clearance here at Changing Worldviews, and again, we've got our grab bag offer. This time, instead of just two top book picks, you get three for only $25, such as the ABCs of culturalism, or Help Mom, Hollywood's in my hamper, or David Horowitz's radical son, his own story of being son of communists and how he transformed from the left to the right, Grab bag, three books for $25. You can order online at changingworldviews.com. Just click on the store tab, or you can send a check to Changing Worldviews, P.O. Box 995, Cedar Ridge, California, 95924. This is just a great way to support Changing Worldviews and help us pay for airtime and get something in return. I'm John from Western Pennsylvania. I would like to share a positive experience I had with Nature's Miracle Aloe Cream. I developed a mole or an age spot above my right eyebrow, about the size of a pea. Another spot showed up and I noticed it started getting a little larger, so I thought I'd experiment. I started applying Nature's Miracle every night before I went to bed. After about 10 or 12 weeks, the new spot was completely gone. The original spot faded. I also take the aloe capsules and the aloe liquid and my acid reflux symptoms really improved. I thought I just needed to share this. If you go to apexhealth.live forward slash Sharon, you can order at a special introductory price. Just click on order now and use the promo code Sharon special or call 833-334-5433. Again, 833-334-5433. You're listening to Changing World Views with your host, Sharon Hughes, getting to the heart of the issues and the world views behind them. If you want to know more, check out our website at changingworldviews.com. And while there, sign up for our free newsletter. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. I've got Miles Weiss with me today, expert on the Middle East, talking about updating us on giving perspective to help us think clearly through the fog of war that has just broke out in Israel. So, Miles, 
It's interesting that there was a Reuters report that Hamas has been planning this attack for months. They actually had mock villages and all that kind of thing. And so then a lot of people are saying, well, how did Israel miss this? How did the U.S. miss this? Well, how did we miss 9-11? You know, darkness is hidden. And no matter how great our intelligence is, we miss things. We're not perfect. So now they're blaming Israel. You know, that kind of rhetoric doesn't do any good at all. It does not in any way, shape, or form work towards what you opened up with, saying that your heart and your ministry is all about reconciliation. Well, Israel's been in internal conflict for many, many months. And it's been very serious, and I think that that weakens them just like our division in our country weakens us. But I asked my friend in Beersheba this morning, I I asked him, what about the intelligence failure? And he said, well, it looks like, and more will be revealed, but it looks like absolutely well-planned, well-thought-out, well-coordinated, much more sophisticated than Hamas has been in the past. And that speaks of Iranian influence. And also, they brilliantly, evil brilliance, use low-tech They apparently, with written messages, no phone calls, they designed it to be low-tech invasion so that the the gliders that came in were below surveillance. They had – the gliders came in and took out uh, posts of – observation posts first on the Mm -hmm. border. So there was a a whole low-tech evil brilliance about avoiding the cyber abilities, and then there were cyber attacks as well. That took out some of the things. But again, it's Yogi Berra, deja vu all over again. It was the same as the Yom Kippur War. Everybody was in synagogue. Well, now we're celebrating the eighth day after Sukkot, the seven days of tabernacles, which is the most joyous holiday in the, in the Hebrew calendar. It is the Feast of the Lord that culminates the seven feasts, which is when which really looks to Emmanuel, God with us, tabernacling, because he's going to tabernacle with man for a thousand years on earth, and then there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. That's what I believe. That said, and by the way, Jesus is coming back to Jerusalem, not Davos, not Dallas, and not D.C. He's coming back to Jerusalem. (laughs) So, of course, real estate, real estate, location, location. So, of course, the entire world is focused on Israel. Why? Because Satan hates the Jews. The Jews gave us the word. The Jews gave us Messiah. The Jews gave us untold inventions for the good of mankind. Satan, as a destroyer, hates everything creative hates everything that is creatively connected to God. So he's using this religion of peace that came up 700 years after Jesus as a foil, as a way of getting to the Jews and by inference and by connection because you're grafted in by Christians. I tell people, hey, welcome to the tribe. You're now qualified for exile, persecution, and death. So (laughs) God bless you. Good thing you have eternal life. We have not been looking at the state of the world and recognizing that our brothers and sisters in China, in Iran, North Korea, that are being persecuted for his sake. During COVID, I couldn't travel through California, but we flew to Dubai and met with the underground Chinese church. And we went to Armenia and met with the Iranian underground church. Last month, we were on TV into Tehran giving a marriage conference to people getting saved out of Islam into Christianity and trying to oh, help them to know they, they should probably stop beating their wives. No, we, we did this marriage thing. But the highlight was at the end when, when Hormoz, when our host said, would you lead us in a salvation prayer? And I gave it to Catherine. And when she prayed, the anointing of the Holy Spirit filled the studio like, like light. And it went, mm-hmm. I know, went into the homes in Iran. And it was so profound that afterwards our hosts made us anoint all the crew with oil and pray for them, for their needs and their, wow. their families and their families in Iran. And, and I, I just, the good news started there and it's coming back there. 
And so when we see things like this, uh, it, it's obviously, in no words, talk about this level of barbarism. But not surprising because Satan comes to kill, rob, and destroy. I mean, that's, that's his gig. That's what he does. And so he's using, currently he's using these terror groups to do that. I pray that, that America wakes up and that people that are wondering, hey, what was that four years? Was that really better? Did that mean anything? Should we have people in Congress that don't hate America? Should we have Gal Qaeda kicked out, the squad? Can we vote them out? I mean, you know, it's just horrifying what these people that have been given incredible privilege, incredible opportunity, incredible power in this country. Yeah. I'm talking about Talib and AOC and, and uh, Presley and, and Talib, all, all of these people, that yeah. they are so mean-spirited and so delusional about the world and about the horrors of communism and Marxism that they can come into our government and foment what Carolyn Glick, a brilliant writer, you probably know her out of Israel, she calls the, the red and green alliance. Green being the color of Hamas, of Islamic Jihad, of the, the Arabic jihadi movement, that's their color, green. And red being communist Marxism, right? And so we're seeing this now. We're seeing the, the consternation that our leaders are in because they have mucked around with Iran and terror, and they've mucked around with the ideas that went from Marx to Stalin to Hitler to Mao as if we can yeah. do it better and do it differently. Yeah. And when you start muck, mucking around with darkness like that, pretty soon you don't know what you're doing, which is what our government looks like right now. That's why for over 20 years here on our program, our motto is changing worldviews because no issue lives in a vacuum. And if you want to understand what's going on, you've got to know the worldviews behind the issues. What are the affiliations? Guilty by associations. And all of these that you've brought up, when you see Iranians celebrating in the street the horrific attacks and murders and barbarianism that occurred this past week in Israel, and you're celebrating it, who celebrates death but the devil himself? He's behind all of this. He's behind the murders. He's behind it all. And so it's his worldview. It's his worldview behind all of this. And people buy into it, right? They're deceived. The Bible talks about a strong delusion because they didn't love the truth. And so these people are deluded. These people are deceived. And these people doing the work of the devil. And the only hope is to get saved and telling the gospel so that Arab and Jew and Gentile can know their Messiah, Jesus. The only hope, he is the truth. And when we embrace him and embrace his word, now our minds get renewed and our lives get transformed and our hearts say, this is wrong. Instead of what we see the other side, Satan's minions saying, no, this is this is a good thing. I mean, we could go about the United Nations. How in the world can the United Nations denounce Israel more than all the other nations, including China and all the rest? They have more resolutions and declarations against that tiny little New Jersey-sized nation than all the other nations of the world. I mean, this is not just man's doing. Man is like a useful idiot to use that term, at the hand of the enemy who is orchestrating all this. But the good news, like your show, The Hope Behind the Headlines, Miles, the hope is in Jesus. 
It is. And, you know, he's going to fulfill every word he said. And the, the spine of biblical prophecy is probably Matthew 23 and 24 in Jesus' words when he speaks about two things that are going to happen for sure. One is Matthew 24, 14, this gospel will be preached around the world. So that's still happening. It hasn't finished, so we've got a little time. And getting 2339 to the Jews, you'll not see me again until you cry Baruch haba b'shem Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So the pressure is now on Israel to find Hashem, God our Father, and to find our Messiah. And so that is going to increase. There's more Jews coming to faith in Jesus than any time since the book of Acts. We see that. It's preparation for the way of the Lord to return. We understand that. But I believe, and you know, I'm not going to get into pre-trib, mid-trib, pan-trib, post-trib. I'm not going to go there. But what I will say is that there will come a day, according to the scriptures, that all Israel will be saved. And in the passage where that is written, it's incumbent upon, in fact, the previous verse says, the gospel has come to you Gentiles to provoke Israel to jealousy. You know, so... We haven't done a good job over the centuries. So apparently the Spanish Inquisition, the Crusades, and the pogroms in Europe and the Holocaust did not convince us that Jesus was our Messiah. But good news, more Christians are awakening to their Hebrew roots and where they come from and beginning to get a, a respect for the older brother as they recognize that we actually come from somewhere. And this lineage yeah. goes back. Before the cross in Matthew, there was Jeremiah 31 where God promised a new covenant. We start in Matthew 1, but God starts in heaven, goes through the garden, goes through the call of Abram, and then in, even Jeremiah 31, 700 years before Jesus, he calls us out and says, well, I'm going to give you a new covenant, speaking of Messiah. So this yeah. is a long love story. God is reaching. He's not willing that any should perish, but all come to everlasting life. And that's what you and I have given ourselves to because we're grateful people. Yes, absolutely. And I am grateful for you, Miles. I am so grateful for the liberty that the Lord has given you, that you're unafraid to talk about the issues. And if more and more of the body of Christ would rise up, like we have a new pastor at our church and exhorting us to be strong and of good courage. If the church would become, instead of being a subculture, I'm talking about here in America, instead of being a subculture, would be a counterculture and speak the truth in love, being unafraid, we would have a different nation, we would have a different world, And I, but I think that's happening. I don't know about you, and we don't need to spend a lot of time on this, but when the movie The Jesus Revolution came out, right around the time that revival broke out at Asbury College, I mean, this I saw as something genuine from the Holy Spirit. Uh, watching that movie, because I was saved in The Jesus Revolution, and so it took me back, and it says, oh, that's why I see things the way I do. I was birthed in that and it reminded me this is what real revival is like and for those that are, were younger then they could say okay that's what revival looks like because I believe revival is coming before Jesus can bring the harvest in we've got to be equipped we've got to be skilled so that we can disciple these babes that he brings in because we're going to get all you know like a, a former pastor we both had said you know the Greeks are coming we've got to be able to minister to those that he brings in and so that's 
That's what I'm hopeful about. Everything God does is for life and redemption and for reconciliation. And I can get excited about that. And that's where my hope rests is in him. And so praying for our beloved Israel, as I'm thinking about all those that we have known, you've introduced me to the Avi Lipkins and so forth that have been faithful to speak the truth out. And what would you like to say? If it's okay, I I would like to pray a blessing over your audience. Can I do that? That would be wonderful. Thank you. The Lord bless you, keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and grant you his peace, his shalom, nothing lacking everything whole, peace of the pastor's understanding, peace in the midst of the storm, by Hashem Yeshua, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. My privilege. Well, you certainly could hear the emotion in Miles' voice as he sang over us and recited the blessing. This is obviously a huge black mark on the history of humanity. It's not the first time. And it won't be the last. But what is enduring is the hope that we have, no matter what happens. As Miles' podcast is titled Hope Behind the Headlines, there is hope. In spite of the headlines, there is hope. And that is what we want to leave you with. And we want to encourage you to be hope spreaders. Spread the good news. Spread the truth. Spread the hope. Be ready to give an answer for the hope that is in you. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Well, and before we wrap up the show, I want to let you know that there is a way, there are many ways where you can help the victims of what is going on in Israel. And Jonathan Weiss, who is Miles' son, is part of the Daystar television network, and they are raising funds for Israel. Here, take a listen. Jonathan Weiss, Before all the pledges have come in, we've already started sending Mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of dollars, haven't we? Yeah, we have. I mean, you said it. You said the day that we knew the conflict was going on, that we needed to get the funds to the people. I mean, the the needs that we saw immediately arise when this attack happened were so big and so um, painful to all of us that we knew. Immediately, we had to start getting funds out. And gratefully, over the years, we've built up incredible trusted relationships with many people that are on the ground that are able to do the work for us that are here in Texas or you're sitting at home around the world. So we are grateful to them. And as long as you continue to sow, we're going to continue making sure that that help gets to Israel. So whether you go to daystar.com or Operation Blessing or Samaritan's Purse, all of these organizations that faithfully take donations and give them to the cause, I encourage you to do what you can to help. We're going to take a break here and then we will wrap it up with a special song by Ted Pierce, who Miles introduced me to, The Forgotten People. You don't want to miss it. You're listening to Changing Worldviews with Sharon Hughes. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
This is Gail from California, and it seems like before I started hiking Aloe Apex and the GFM, it was like walking uphill. Everything seemed to be an effort, and about two weeks after I started taking it, I noticed I was moving faster, had more energy, was doing stuff, and it was just like, wow. And then after about a month, it really started kicking in, and I was just so happy. Since I've been taking it, I have not taken any Tylenol, Advil, Aleve, Aspirin, anything. If you go to Apex health.life backslash Sharon, you can get a 25% discount or call 833-334-5433, 833-334-5433 for gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We're having a fall clearance here at Changing Worldviews, and again, we've got our grab bag offer. This time, instead of just two top book picks, you get three for only $25, such as the ABCs of Culturalism, or Help Mom, Hollywood's in My Hamper, or David Horwitz's Radical Son, his own story of being son of communists and how he transformed from the left to the right. Grab bag, three books for $25. You can order online at changingworldviews.com. Just click on the store tab or you can send a check to Changing Worldviews, P.O. Box 995, Cedar Ridge, California, 95924. This is just a great way to support Changing Worldviews and help us pay for airtime and get something in return. It's so appropriate to close out our show, as I always do with a favorite song, this one by Ted Pierce, The Forgotten People, as an exclamation point on everything we talked about on the show today. Oh, 
Ein Gott bin ein eifernder Gott. The Bible says, for I am the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Lord, I hear the cries of six million of your people, men, women, children, murdered, annihilated in the Holocaust, and burnt. We confess these atrocities as sin and humble ourselves before you in shame. You have heard our plea and our repentance has come before your ears. Lord, I see black smoke. It rises up and spreads out like a veil of darkness over the nations again. The dark veil is the sin of our silence. Just as we Germans have remained silent, the peoples and the nations are silent once again. Again, your people Israel are hated, despised, and rejected, and yet we remain silent, even in the church. We are silent concerning the sin of our fathers. We remain silent, and behold, the black smoke is covering us again. From the land of unmerited grace, we are calling out, nations arise, for Zion's sake, open your mouth, never again, slander, hatred, or death. Israel, we will never forsake you again. You are our inheritance, our love, the blessing for all nations. Listen, receive the word. It will pervade your spirit. No more silence. Never again. Never again. Never again.
So until I see you next time, this is Sharon Hughes saying it like it is. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Changing Worldviews. You can follow Sharon on social media or listen to her on many online platforms. Just go to our website, changingworldviews.com, for all the links. And until next time, stay informed, stay alert, because we are indeed living in a changing world. 